Made Visible helps people with invisible illnesses feel seen and heard. It provides a platform for people who seem fine but aren't to share their experiences. It also helps to create a new awareness of how we can be sensitive and supportive to those with invisible illnesses. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Made Visible. I'm your host, Harper Spiro, and I'm so glad you tuned in today. Today's guest is someone who turned her health challenges into her business by creating the brand Cali Flower Foods. Amy Lacey lives with lupus and doesn't allow her health to stop her from enjoying and indulging in good food. Be sure to head over to our Instagram account, Made Visible Podcast, on Wednesday, November 20th, for a giveaway of Amy's cookbook, Cauliflower Kitchen, that she mentions in this episode. Now, welcome, Amy. Thank you, Harper. This is so awesome to be here. I'm so honored. happy to have you here. Thank you. And love that we got to meet yesterday at Chronicon. I know. Chronicon rocked my world. You know, you when you're talking and you look at the audience, you make eye contact with somebody and it's comforting. And you are my eye contact. <laughs> and I didn't realize when I was looking at you, I had done my research. I saw your picture. But at the time when I was on stage, I didn't realize that that was you, but you were my piece. It's so, so thank you. <laughs> it's so funny because I kept noticing that and I'm like, does she know that it's me or is it just like we're having this moment? Either way, we had I'm a in. moment. <laughs> so I love thank that. you. Of I don't course. get nervous, but because I think I shared with you, I was having some fevers, not feeling 100%, but I would never cancel. Nitika worked really hard on that event. And so I needed that person that just looked like they understood and had some empathy. And you were that person. Love that. Love that you could identify that. So tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Okay. My name is Amy Lacey. I'm the founder and owner of Cali Flower Foods. So Cali, like California, we are based in Northern California. We have an office in Chico, and then our manufacturing plant is by all the cauliflower fields in Salinas Valley. So it's really awesome. Love that. But yeah. you live in? Well, I recently, like within the last two months, moved to Florida. And the reason why, and I still have the restaurant in Chico, I still have the office, I have six employees in Chico. But the reason why is the campfires, which it's almost been a year, it'll be a year, November 8th, affected our area. And so it affected my parents and my aunt. They were living with us for a while and they couldn't really afford anything. So we had to move. Basically, we moved to where my husband's uh, family was. And yeah, if you were to ask me two years ago if I would be living in Florida, I would say, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a born and raised California girl. But I got to say, it's been a blessing. And I'm actually feeling that the warmth and just being out in the water, we live on the water now, there's something really peaceful and I feel healing remains to be seen, but I feel a lot of healing there. That's incredible. I feel that way. I spend a lot of time in Tel Aviv. And anytime I go to the beach, I'm like, I feel completely different in this setting. I don't know if it's calming or peaceful that I don't get from the city in Tel Aviv and even in New York. But there's something really magical about that. And I think there's stuff going on inside as well. Absolutely. I mean, we could have never afforded what we have in Merritt Island in California ever, ever, ever. But I live on the water now. I sit on my dock. I see dolphins every morning. They come the same time when I'm home. And I sit out there and I meditate and I write. 
And it's so healing. Matter of fact, your last episode was with a photographer. Is it Bethany? Mm -hmm. She talked about headspace. And I often sit on my dock and do headspace. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's dig right in to your health. Tell us a little bit about when your symptoms began, what they were, and how you navigated that. So it's interesting because I've done a lot of digging into what I have. I have lupus and Sjogren's. First diagnosed is mixed connective tissue disorder. We never contributed it to hereditary, but looking at my family history, I believe it's coming from my mom's side. My grandmother had rheumatoid arthritis and she was having regular infusions and she actually died from that. I believe she died from the infusions, the side effects of the infusions, but nonetheless, it runs in my family. I may have had symptoms of it early on, but I had my third child at the age of 39, and literally by 40, my world was turned upside down. So I ended up getting a pulmonary embolism, and I was put on Coumadin, and they went looking for a clotting disorder, and they came back with this mixed connective tissue disorder. Now, I had been having issues, and I can directly relate it to symptoms of lupus. I had had a lot of rashes the year before I was pregnant. I was treating them with steroids because they were diagnosed as poison oak. So I think it was masking the symptoms. I now in that area have scars from having rashes. But yeah, it's just been a wild ride. So the doctors put me on Plaquenil, which is a drug that they put you on for lupus. It has terrible side effects. I was on Coumadin as well. And then I was put on Wellbutrin. Something I didn't talk about is the depression. And I always felt like it was a side effect of my disease of being sick. But I think it was the mindset of knowing that I couldn't take care of my family, that I was sick, that life had changed. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom of three kids. I love my life. Wonderful husband, been married 22 years now. And I just felt like it wasn't fair to put them in that position. I couldn't take care of anything that I could do previously. So I was put on Wellbutrin as well for depression. It was a really low point. Grant is my youngest. He went to live with my in-laws for a couple months because I couldn't physically carry him. And I just thought, you know, this sucks. I don't want this life. So after having a pity party for a while to the point where I actually called my husband one day and said, you need to get life insurance on me. I've never been suicidal, and I've been through a lot. As a teenager, I went through a lot, but I've never felt that kind of low. But I did that day, and I remember thinking the main thing I thought was they deserve so much better. It wasn't about me or trying to get out of my misery. It was they deserve so much better. So I said, you need to get life insurance. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, I just feel like you guys deserve better. And he came home from work and he's like, I've never heard you talk like this. I'm worried about you. Like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? And I was in bed and I'm like, you know, I just, I hate this. I don't want to live like this anymore. And so I'd made a decision that I was going to research how to get better on my own. And that I kept reading about how food is medicine. And I grew up with a single mom. My dad was an alcoholic. My mom left him. I'm so grateful she did at the time, but we were really poor. So my mom fed me, bless her heart, a lot of fish sticks, a lot of rice cereal, just frozen food, but like not good frozen food and a lot of fast food. So I never realized what true 
real good nutrition was and how it could heal the body. So I started researching and then meeting with people that are experts at doing that. And sure enough, I slowly, I had gained a lot of weight during this time. I slowly was able to drop 48 pounds, get healthy, get off the medications, start eating healthy, start feeding my family even healthier. I had always tried to be that healthy mom, but never realized that if I eliminated certain things like just white refined sugar and grains and gluten, we hear a lot about gluten-free. They said it yesterday. Gluten-free isn't always good for you. There's a lot of gluten-free products that are horrible because they add a lot of fillers. So just a really clean diet. And I noticed that I started getting really healthy. And then it was also more about the mindset as well. So doing things like headspace. I had never meditated in my life. Thought it was woo-woo. Sorry, meditating people. I thought it was woo-woo. I 100% believe in it now. Like detoxing from people that were toxic putting myself in a really good environment that was positive. I grew up in an atheist family, so I became faith-based, started reading the Bible, started praying, and then really focused on sleep and stress relief. And I found that I was able to get off all the medications and really start living a different life. And in the midst of all of that, I wanted to bring back a family tradition that I had with my kids, which was Friday family fun night and pizza night. And we used to eat like Domino's and different pizzas like that. It's amazing that you went from this, you know, suicidal thoughts to really taking action. What do you think it is that shifted for you to realize like I have to take control here and I'm not accepting that like my life is going to be drugs and not being able to care for my family? Yeah, so that day, it feels like it was yesterday. I started Googling things. And um, I Googled a suicide hotline. I never called it. But I started just Googling depression and Google. And I had struggled with depression as a teenager, too. So I was familiar with those feelings, but not this intense. And I started just looking at autoimmune and everything that I had been diagnosed with and just started doing some research. And I thought, well, I haven't really tried to heal myself yet. I haven't really tried to change my lifestyle. And clearly lifestyle is what's contributed to this. So I think that was kind of like, I've hit my rock bottom. I'm in a low. Grant's not here. I'm having trouble taking care of Caroline James. It's a lot of strain on my husband, Jim. For them, let me try to give it my all and give it my best. And it was just a mind shift. And it literally happened like that evening. Like I just started going crazy on the internet and looking at things and switching up doctors. I found a new doctor and she specializes in inflammation. Matter of fact, I'm going to go back to see her next week because she's in Northern California and she understands it. And so I think getting around people that understood it made a big difference. And then when I started getting better, and this is a real important thing that I've noticed that helps me, and I think it helps a lot of people. Once I started getting a lot better, I started paying it forward. I started helping others. And that helped me even more. And I think you hear that a lot. But I actually, I went to Martha Beck's life coaching school. So I was became a certified life coach. And I started teaching health and life coaching to people. 
in particular, people that were diabetics, people that were thinking about getting bariatric surgery, people that had eating disorders, people that were struggling, not just somebody that wanted to lose weight. And so that's when we started doing the healthy happy hours. And we had discovered, I had discovered the cauliflower pizza recipe online and wanted to bring back family fun night for my kids and bring some normalcy back as I was getting healthier. We used to have the Friday night family pizza night, and I wanted to recreate that, but with a healthy option. And so I found the recipe online, tried it a bunch of times. It was a straight up mess. And I'm like, okay, why am I messing with this? I don't even like cauliflower. (laughs) But I, I tried the broccoli pizza. It didn't work out so well. So I went back to the cauliflower, perfected it, and then I had another health coach that worked alongside me and she and I started these healthy happy hours and we started serving the pizza and people loved it and they encouraged us to take it to farmer's market. So that's how that evolved. So cool. I love that so much. I want to discuss the business for sure. Did you discuss this change in diet and lifestyle with any of the doctors who had previously prescribed you these medications or were you done with these doctors and move on to the more holistic route? So... In my town of Chico, we don't have enough specialists to treat everybody. You're waiting like four weeks out to see a specialist. So I was blessed because I got in with this internal medicine physician that specialized in inflammation and my OB-GYN. She's also a female that understands anti-inflammatory diets. And so together, yes, I did discuss it with them. And as a matter of fact, the internal medicine doctor has a PA now. And she goes over diets with everybody and she takes it from the American Diabetes Association. So it's very low sugar, which is great because I believe sugar is the devil in disguise, white refined sugar. And so, yeah, they're aware of that and they're helping people. Early on, I didn't find that. And again, the specialist rheumatologists, they're just impacted in our area. They need more. So it was basically, here's the med you need. And then the Kuminen Clinic, they're all there for a purpose. They're just there to get your INR between two and three. Not everybody, I mean, most people with autoimmune, I don't think, end up with blood clots. I don't hear that very often. So, you know, they didn't offer any kind of nutrition or anything. So crazy. I mean, unfortunately, that seems to be the norm these days. Well, the doctors, and it may have changed now, but the doctors that I have seen that have gone through medical school and residency, they have a half a day training on nutrition. Food isn't medicine. For them, and I don't blame the doctors, for them it's like, here's the prescription we know to give you that's going to help you with this condition. Unfortunately, some of those prescriptions are worse than the disease itself, the side effects. And that's how I felt about them. Well, and it's interesting because your husband is a doctor. So what's that been like (laughs) and how has he responded to you launching this business and obviously making food your priority? So he is extremely supportive. He's ear, nose and throat. So he really treated me with steroids for the rashes. He didn't think it was anything different. And like I've done so many times in my business, I often felt really bad, but I just ignored it because I didn't want to burden the business, my employees, or my husband, or my family. So it wasn't until I was just flat on my back that, oh, this is this is serious and we need to take care of you. So he was very supportive, 
often driving me to the Kumanan clinic because I was on a scooter. And that was three times a week. So taking time off from his work as well was a bit of a strain on us. I'm definitely. sure. So you mentioned that you know, you were hosting these dinners and you started selling stuff at the farmer's market. Yes. How did you decide to take this even beyond and further? So farmer's market was interesting because we have a pretty well-known farmer's market in, in Northern California. And we were selling out before we would ever even make it to farmer's market. So I knew we had something really good. And when we were at farmer's market, We had cauliflower pizza and we had zucchini noodles. We had both of those at Farmer's Market. And you couldn't find those at the grocery store. I mean, at the grocery store, all you had then was a head of cauliflower and zucchini. You didn't even have cauliflower rice. And what year is this? So this was 2014, 15. Yeah, that's early for the cauliflower hype. Yes. So we decided that we needed to take it to the next level. And we had a local store, a couple local stores that were interested in carrying it. And I thought, okay, I only have enough money to support one of the products. So do I go with the zucchini noodles? Or do I do the cauliflower pizza crust? Well, the cauliflower pizza crust was so much harder to make. And I felt like we had that pretty dialed in. So I decided to go that route. And we had a cottage license, then we found a co-packer, a local co-packer. And it wasn't till we took our client story online, some of our clients, that I realized, wow, I need to expand even more. No longer can I make this in a rented kitchen or even have the support of the local co-packer. So what happened was I had a story that I shared. Her name was Jessie and she had a daughter named Kenzie. I tell this story a lot, but Kenzie was uh, nonverbal autistic and Jessie took her to the doctor and the doctor put her on a low carb diet, basically a keto diet, but it wasn't named keto then. And so Jesse called me and said, look, Kenzie loves pizza. Can I try your crust? I said, absolutely. So she lives two hours away from us. So we sent her up some crust and every day that Kenzie would eat, Jesse would have to sit down with her to get her to eat. So they started eating our pizza crust and loving it. And they were eating it once or twice a day every week. And about seven months later, and this is in 2016, Jesse calls me and says, you're never going to believe it, but Kenzie is now verbal and she's going to be able to go to public school with an aide. She doesn't have to go to a special school. And Amy, every day I ate with Kenzie and I've lost 169 pounds. Now, Jesse did another kind of diet along with eating low carb, but she was eating our crusts every day. So we decided to share that on Facebook. And it was in January of 2017. I had one employee then. Her name was Jimmy. And I called her and I said, you know, I feel like we need to make our customers the hero. This is before I shared the story. I said, we have all these wonderful testimonials of people locally that have been eating our product and done phenomenal, whether it's lowering their cholesterol, they're diabetic and eat pizza again, whatever it is, we've got these testimonials. And I really feel the need that we need to make our customers the hero and share that story. So she said, well, great. I said, well, I want to share Jesse's story first. And she said, okay, we'll call Jesse and make sure because we can't just put it out on the internet. And I called Jesse and Jesse was like, yes, I want to be the Jared of your <laughs> of your business, but without the perversion. <laughs> so like Jared from Subway. So I'm like, great. So I shared Jesse's story and Kenzie's story on Facebook and it went viral. And so that month in 2016, we had sold gross sales of 120000 at Farmer's Market, which was really good. 
But that month that we shared Jesse's story, January of 2017, we sold 124000 on that story alone. Wow. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Cauliflower Foods. As you've heard today, this brand was born due to Amy Lacey's health challenges. To learn more about Cauliflower Foods and get yours, visit cauliflowerfoods.com and get 10% off your order using the code MADEVISIBLE at checkout. The one-time use code is valid for any purchase. That's C-A-L-I-F-L-O-U-R-F-O-O-D-S dot com, code MADEVISIBLE, one word. Now, back to the show. So it was crazy. We started um, packing boxes ourselves. We rented a an old warehouse. I recruited as many friends as I could and family, and we all started packing boxes and the internet started carrying our products. We weren't on Amazon yet. It was just direct to consumer from our website and it grew like crazy. And the next year grew again. And here we are. But with that has come some challenges because early on, I recruited as many friends as I could, like I said, And none of us had experience in the food industry. And we were growing at such a pace that it was difficult. I could feel myself getting sick again. I was working like 12 to 16 hour days. And it was just to keep up with the pace of the growth. It wasn't to create more growth. It just was going on its own. And so here I am today. This year has been about bringing in strategic help, people with experience, letting the CEO position go. So I'm no longer the CEO. That was really, really difficult for me. I loved that I could be the CEO and build a business like I did. I love my family of support, my employees. And to give that up was heartbreaking, but it was like health. I had to. I started getting some bad blood results. I got non-alcoholic liver disease, chronic eye infections, And so it was time for me to bring in some help and let some things go. And it's been tough. I've had a hard time letting go. So what does that mean for you for your role in the company? What is your focus now? So that's the blessing, actually. I get to be, they call me the chief innovation officer. So they're all about putting out more products with a similar profile, meaning really simple, clean ingredients, ingredients that you can recognize that are in your pantry probably or your fridge and low carb and no added sugar and low calorie. So I get to play around with recipes. I wrote a cookbook with 125 cauliflower recipes, even though I didn't like cauliflower five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And now own this business, run this business, and are walking around talking about it all day. Well, and the cookbook is amazing. It's got some great recipes. It really is. I've used it. I love it. It's so awesome. I love it, too. I'm really proud of it. And I always wanted to be an author. I just... I wanted to be an author about my childhood, but not necessarily a cookbook author, (laughs) but that's what came about. And it became a national bestseller and I'm really proud of it and I love it. And there's so many great recipes out there and we've decided we're going to pull some and put them out in the market and make them available to everybody and reinvent the freezer section. But also for me, I get to be in the kitchen again. I get to be with my family again. And I love it. So I get to be the face of the company, which I always have been. And that was more to make awareness about my story 
and about reading what you eat and being conscious about what you put in your body and making food medicine. That's why that story is there. It's funny, we just did a panel two weeks ago with people looking at different parts of our box and our marketing. And we interviewed 24 people, eight at a time. And I'm behind like a mirror so they can't see. And one of the ladies, I mean, I don't know why I'm focusing on this because it's negative, but one of the ladies said, well, I don't care about the story on the back of the box. Like she could have died of cancer and I could care less. Like that's not going to make me buy her product. And it was one of the first groups. And I thought, oh my gosh, is this how people think? Like I'm hoping to inspire people. But you know what? The rest of the day, all of the other panelists were this is a great story. I think it's really important. It's important that it's a woman owned company because we're in a man's world. The food business is still a man's world. So to be women owned, it's difficult to get that certificate. So I'm very proud of it. So it is on our box and my story is on the box. And I want to inspire people to realize that food can be medicine, no matter what condition they have, whether it's depression, autoimmune, cancer, it can help. It may not cure, but it certainly helps. I love that so much because your team reached out to me pitching you to be on the show and I was really intrigued by your story. So clearly they did that well. And, you know, I think it is inspiring and great to hear. And I think it's important to have behind a brand like this. Um, And it's interesting because I presented it to a friend of mine who's a nutritionist who sort of reviews all my potential sponsors if they're food or nutrition focus because, you know, she's the label reader. And she'll go like, absolutely not. You cannot have this brand involved or whatever. And she read yours and was like, wow, this is so clean. Yes, like move forward with this. So thank you, Andrea, for that. Thank Um, you, Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) For having us be here together. One of our products that just went nationwide in Walmart is only three ingredients. And we do have, you know, yesterday at Chronicon, it was an eye opener for me because there were a lot of people that are dairy free. And a lot of people will ask me, why, how can you eat dairy? You know, Stacy said it perfectly yesterday, Stacy London, different things affect people differently. I don't have an issue with dairy. I don't know why. I just don't. I mean, I can't eat a bowl of ice cream. I do know that, but it doesn't bother me. So yeah, there's a little bit of dairy in some of our products, but we certainly have dairy free as well. The majority of the audience yesterday was dairy free. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you mentioned your cookbook, which it's funny because I don't usually follow recipes. I like making my own concoctions Mm -hmm. and doing my own thing. But when I received the cookbook, I flipped through and I'm like, oh my God, these sound amazing. So I made a bunch of them. There was one, the broccoli and pesto one. Oh my God, so amazing. (laughs) Um, So highly recommend it. But can you talk a little bit about the benefits of cauliflower for our listeners that may not eat it or may not realize that it really has benefits? So one of the real key benefits... Well, first of all, it's got antioxidants, it's high in vitamin C, it's got all of those kinds of properties. But the thing I love about cauliflower the most, because again, like I said, I used to not eat it and I used to not buy it because I thought it smelled when you cooked it. I agree. The great thing about it, though, is it's so bland that you can put things with it and hide the taste of it. So if you've got a picky kid, picky husband, you're picky about your vegetables, try cauliflower because you can hide it. Of course, it's got antioxidants. It's high in vitamin C. It's got so many benefits to it. We use the whole head. So we use the stems and leaves as well. So for one thing, it was to prevent waste. One day I came to the plant and we had all of these stems and leaves in this huge outside garbage. And I thought, 
why is that there? Like, why isn't that going back to the farms and feeding cows or chickens? And they're like, oh, no, you can't do that. And I go, okay, well, we have to find a way to to put that back into our product because that's a huge waste. So then I started trying it in different things and soups and stuff. It's actually quite good. And we went ahead and put it into our crust. So if you see bits of green, you know that's the stems and leaves. And it's very, very healthy. So and there's new studies coming out about the cancer fighting properties. And so it's, um, I'm really proud of that vegetable. We are going to move outside of cauliflower. We're not going to just be cauliflower anymore. We're going to be some other vegetables as well. Crusts and pizzas. We're going to do that as well as some entrees and other items. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited told for that. You, I'm dying to tell people, but I'm told I have to keep my mouth shut <laughs> so competitors don't. It's amazing. We launched and within a couple months, all of a sudden, other people were launching. And the problem that I have with that, and I'm excited to go outside of cauliflower, is because cauliflower foods prides itself on super clean, simple ingredients. Like I said, we have the one crust that only has three ingredients, broccoli, eggs and cheese, and we have dairy-free. But a lot of these new cauliflower products that are coming out have a bunch of fillers in them. They're not using the fresh cauliflower. They're using a pureed version from China or a powdered version, which requires fillers in it. So it's not as healthy. So people are misled in thinking they're buying a cauliflower pizza crust or a cauliflower whatever, tater tot. And it may not necessarily, it's probably healthier than the real tater tot or the real pizza, but not as healthy as it could be. How do you convince people like me, native New Yorker who swears by real pizza, that this is, you know, a good substitute? So, yeah, that's been a tough one because I'm not native New Yorker, but I love (laughs) real pizza. and, And I feel like, yes, if you like a thin crust pizza, we can put something on that thin crust cauliflower crust and make it tease you and you won't realize that it's, you know, not real pizza. I mean, it is real pizza. It's just a veggie based pizza. But if you're the thick, big old, and I am too, I love that, but I don't love how it makes me feel afterwards and it's not worth it to me anymore. And so that's all I can say about that, really. I mean, we're not a big, thick, juicy. We are trying to get it to be thicker, and we are doing other recipes like lasagna and stuff, which will give you that sensation of layers. But yeah, it's not going to be a big bread, juicy, cheese, pepperoni, whatever else on it. I mean, I miss that, but it's not worth it for me. It's pain the next day. Well, and I think something to think about that you guys do so well is I've been to a lot of restaurants, especially fancier, uh, more expensive restaurants where they put a veggie option on the menu and it's a cauliflower steak or a broccoli Mm -hmm. steak. And I can't tell you how many times I've ordered that being the vegetarian amongst my friends and I'm starving because it is just a piece of broccoli. It is just a piece of cauliflower. There's no substance, there's no size, there's no real seasoning. You know, $30 later, $25 later for this head of broccoli, essentially. It's just ridiculous. So I think what you guys achieve so well is true flavor that you can make something as basic as putting cheese and sauce if you want to go that simple onto your crust Mm -hmm. and make an amazing pizza. Yeah, you can even eat it as crackers, too. And it's very filling. So a lot of people can only eat half of one. It's very satiating and filling. And so you're not going to leave hungry. That's for sure. 
Um, you can use it as crackers. You can use it as bread as a substitute for a sandwich. It's so versatile in the way that you use it. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a pizza. We've got great pizza recipes too, though. Like we've got the hamburger pizza, which I love. We've got the pepperoni pizza. We just came out with topped a line of topped pizzas. So we have a margarita, cheese, veggie supreme. We'll have chicken pepperoni at the end of this month. So I'm really excited about that. We're coming out with some flatbreads. We have them online, but we're actually going to have them in grocery. And we're adding a couple more flavors, which are unique flavors that you wouldn't expect to see in a flatbread that are turning out to be amazing. So oh, I can't wait to try these. We have an infused uh, proprietary process where we can infuse different vegetables. So yes, there's some really cool ideas that we're coming out with. I mean, we're in the home of cauliflower and artichokes. Um, beets and different things like that. So get ready. I wish I could share exactly what it is with you. <laughs> so much anticipation and cannot wait to well, try we'll them. We'll send them to you. Yes. And you give us a test and Absolutely tell us what you think. Will. So you mentioned stepping down from this role, which clearly is a big step for you. What does that mean for your lifestyle and what time have you maybe gotten back and how are you spending that? Yeah, so it means that I get a lot more time back. I'm not running the day in and day out operations anymore. And that was a hard adjustment. Letting go was hard because I consider this business like my fourth child. I have three kids and this definitely feels like a fourth child. So I guess it's the feeling I haven't had a child leave home yet, but I think that's what it feels like. In order for them to truly grow and in order for this business to grow, I had to let it go. A, I didn't have the experience. B, I was starting to get sick. And C, I needed to bring in people that have done it before. So that's what I did. And yeah, it's been very hard. It's given me back time that I've sacrificed a lot of time with my family the last couple of years. And they have understood. My kids were, they were processing cauliflower early on with me. I mean, one Mother's Day, they processed 300 pounds of cauliflower as a gift to me. Wow. Yeah, they sent me to a spa and I came home and they had processed 300 pounds of cauliflower. That probably took about six hours. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> what <know>. a gift. <laughs> I know, it was the best day and I remember it like it was yesterday. So they understand, they've been in the kitchen, they've worked with me, they get it. They've been so supportive. But at the same time, I've missed a lot of swim meets. I've missed a lot of basketball games. I've missed a lot of events because I've been out of town. And I don't have to do that anymore. I can be there, be there for them and be there at their events and rearrange my schedule for what's important to me. But I get to pick and choose more of the things that I do. And I want to be 2020 for me is going to be about producing even more products that are clean, but also being a voice for mixed connective tissue, lupus, Sjogren's, working with the Lupus Awareness Project, just being very vocal about what I have and how I've used food to help treat it. And how do you navigate your health and manage your symptoms these days? So the number one thing that I notice that really triggers a inflammation is when I have little sleep and I'm stressed. So as soon as that starts happening, I rearrange what I'm doing. And it's meant canceling big events before, which I don't like to do, but I've had to do them. It's meant rearranging my priorities. Next year, I've chosen that I will go no more than one trip a month. And there have been times where I've been gone for the entire month, traveling all over. Traveling is hard. 
And so just really making sure that I eat in more and not out. Um, you never know what you're getting, even if it seems really clean when you're eating out all the time. That's been really hard, making my health a priority and making the time that I spend with people intentional and count. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge, huge fan of your products. Truly, the minute it was sent to me, I was like, wait, this is actually amazing because I wouldn't I wouldn't have you on and talk about the product and promote it if I wasn't crazy about it. It's just not who I am. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm like no bullshit with stuff like that. So (laughs) yeah, like not going to sit here and gush if I didn't genuinely like it. So where can people learn more about you, buy your product, buy the cookbook and connect with you? So thank you for that. The cookbook is sold everywhere. It's at Barnes and Noble. That was, I would pinch myself and walk in and see it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a cookbook (laughs) at Barnes and Noble. It's on Amazon. It's everywhere. Anywhere where a book is sold. It's even in grocery stores. Our products, the crusts themselves are nationwide, Walmart, soon to be nationwide, Whole Foods, in some regions of Whole Foods, um, some regions of Kroger, Albertson, Safeway, a lot of specialty here in New York. You can go to foragers, places like that. The line of topped pizzas are online right now and starting to go into grocery, which is great. And then we're launching new things at Expo West in March, which is amazing. You can also order online, califlowerfoods.com. So C-A-L-I-F-L-O-U-R foods.com. And then I'm starting to, I've used social media in the past when the cookbook came out, they said, you need to get your own Instagram. So I got my own Instagram and I realized, you know, I'm going to stop putting out these pretty pictures of myself. And I love to write. So I love to talk about different things that I think have meaning, but I'm going to start really talking about other people as well as when I'm not feeling so good and hopefully inspiring people. And so that's going to change on my Hey Amy Lacey, which is my Instagram. Thanks for tuning in to Made Visible. We hope you learned about something new today. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. We can't do any of this without your support. Visit madevisiblepodcast.com, follow Made Visible Podcast on Instagram, and join our new online community, facebook.com slash community. Special thanks to the team who made this possible. Elise Bonebright, the audio editor. Gemma Leghorn, the assistant producer. Dylan Chenfeld for the intro music. And Amanda Grisillo for the design.